We're going over comics for the week of Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. So let's get started. I'm Stan Daniel. Joining me once again is Sandra Swindle and, of course, Albert Marsh. Y'all ready to talk about the comics coming out this week? Sure. Yep. Clearly, Sandra's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just trying to scroll past all these endless Betty Page covers. <laughs> I was looking at that. I've got some commentary for the Betty Page stuff when we get okay. to it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm just so excited for some reason. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's the cocaine. Yeah, yeah it could be yeah. that. Let me get some more of that, too. Marvel Comics for the week of October 21st, 2020. First up is Arrow. Arrow. Ario. You know, it's A-E-R-O. I'm not even going to fight with that. We reviewed it once, didn't we, Albert? Maybe. And I think this is more of a Chinese market thing. Yeah. The fate of Shanghai hangs in the balance as Arrow and Iron Man attempt to unlock the secret of the Jade Towers. And then they've got a character called Madame Huang. So yeah, definitely Asian market stuff. And it was, eh, I've tried to get into it a couple of times. Any commentary on that? Either of you? Not interested. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say it like that. No, no it's okay. I, I, it has not struck my fancy. It looks a little bit manga-esque. It is. It's very manga-esque. That's probably why I haven't had... Well, actually, I did have a reason to pick it up earlier on for the backup features. For some yeah. reason, this has not appealed to me. I mean, I love the Wushu movies. I like a lot of the Japanese and Chinese fantasy movies, but this just is It's an Asian... It's a Marvel superhero within continuity for the Asian market. That's this, exactly what this book is. Isn't this off of a game, too, Albert? You know? I remember they did some comics off a game, but I don't remember if this was one of them or not. I don't think it was. The sword stuff, the, not the, yeah, the sword, sword master, master, but the sword masters and such. Okay. All those were games. I don't think this is a game. I think this is their foray into trying to create a bridge between the Asian market set inside the Marvel 616 continuity. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Marvel Comics, Conan the Barbarian, number 15, Murder in the Pits of the Crucible. It's a half-naked barbarian. On the cover, he's wrestling something that is almost, but not quite, an alligator. <laughs> Marvel it's a Hyborian alligator. There we Marvel go. must be just letting this book slide because there's only one cover to it. Yeah, there's just one cover to issue. That's all they're thing. showing us right here. There's one cover. It's written by Jim Zub. Jim Zub's pretty good. Daredevil, number 23. Daredevil has been a good book, and this one is promising Spider-Man to be with Daredevil. Yep. Dark Eisner nominated for Best Continuing Series, Cover Artist, Writer, and Letterer. Yes, it definitely. Chip Zdarsky is the writer on it. Yeah. It definitely yeah. deserves those accolades. Is this issue drawn by, oh, yes, it is. Oh, Marco, boy, I'm going to mangle this name. Marco Cicchetto, uh -huh. an Italian artist who is fantastic. You nailed that. Marco Cicchetto. Yeah. Okay. Daredevil has been putting his life back together after the monumental first year of Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto's run. I wonder if Matt knows that Chip and Marco are responsible for the crap storm his life has become. <laughs> Somebody oh. needs to warn him. It's not <laughs> Kingpin, dude. It's this guy named Chip. It's a long list of writers and artists he works, that have made his life miserable. <laughs> he works in Midtown for a place called Marvel. <laughs> and of course, this one's got the Alex Ross timeless covers. Yeah, this is a good cover. Yes, it is. And I'm going to make a note here. We are not telling you about the second prints that are coming out unless they are just 
absolutely must have. Just assume that Marvel has a bunch of second prints coming out. Ten of Swords, X of Swords crossover event continues with Excalibur number 13, written by Tinny Howard, illustrated by R.B. Silva. Uh, There's not much information on this other than this is part nine of the Swords X-Men crossover. Opposition, Despair, The Dark Knight of the Soul. And the cover has, I'm going to assume that's Brian fighting his sister. Um, Betsy. Nancy. Betsy. 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 I started Nancy. to say. Where'd you get Nancy oh, I was trying to, I for a minute I drew a blank. I couldn't get Betsy Braddock's name into my head. And I thought, and you, it sounded to me like you said Nancy. And I said, no, that's not her name. <laughs> There's Captain Britain, Sandra. There's incentive for you right there. And this also has an Alex Ross cover of Nightcrawler. Yeah, it's a pretty cool cover. Although I don't like the way Alex Ross draws Nightcrawler's skin. When you do ultra-realistic like Alex Ross does, Nightcrawler is covered in fur. He's got a very, very small layer of fur all over him. He does? Yes, he does. Fuzzy Elf. Well, he's never been portrayed that way in live action. Yeah, he well, I mean, when they've uh, some people have drawn him, but I mean, the movies just went with it. Oh, we're going to paint him blue like we paint Mystique and so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, Wolverine, Kitty Pride, all of them call him Fuzzy Elf. His tail's coated in fuzz. His his skin is coated in a layer of fuzz. He's not as hairy as the Beast, but he's fuzzy. Really. So, Yes, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know he's called Fuzzy Elf, but I thought that just was because his hair. No. Maybe no. his ears? No. But the whole body? Yeah, his whole body's coated in layer of fuzz. Candy Southern used to make fun of him, too. No, wait. Candy Southern was Warren yep. Worthington's girlfriend. Yeah. Who was Nightcrawler's? Amanda. Yeah, Amanda, the witch. Wasn't it yeah. Amanda Seaton? Yeah, she used to make fun of him. It's also got a, another variant, which I don't like as much. It's got the Union Jack on it. The Alex Ross one is the variant to go after if you're going after variants. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, number four, which leads us to ask, hey, this is still going on? <laughs> I was thinking something the same. Has anybody read this? Can they tell me anything about this? I think we read the first couple of issues. There's only four. This is the fourth one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think this suffered from COVID also. Ah. Writer Derek Landy on it, illustrator... Federico Vincentini. Federico. I don't remember reading it. Well, I may be wrong. I, in fact, now we that could I could have. It, also, we, you got to understand, Black Widow is practically the same comic, isn't it? Is it? Aren't they both in Black Widow? Or is it just Winter Soldier? No, they're, they're both in Black Widow. But no, yeah, no, they no, were. no. Bucky. Are you talking about the movie or the book? The book. The comic. The book has Bucky and Hawkeye. I, That's right. The, Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. They were in Hawkeye's miniseries. Falcon and Winter Soldier were in Hawkeye's miniseries, and I think that's what we're confusing it with. Falcon was in Hawkeye's miniseries? Yeah, Falcon and Bucky. Albert and I are getting confused because Falcon and Winter Soldier showed up in Hawkeye's latest miniseries. Okay. So this is issue number four. We may not have reviewed this at all, but we'll we'll correct that next week. With the natural by their side, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes travel to confront the woman who is scheming to become the new Hydra Supreme. Nothing seems to go right for our boys as the plane they're about to jump out of is beset by a swarm of Hydra agents on jetpacks shooting laser beams. Sounds skippable. Isn't that just Tuesday in the Marvel Universe? Hydra agents and jetpacks on shooting laser beams? That sounds like a power pack level problem there. This is just being put together for the miniseries, which of course got shoved back. The Disney Plus series. Right. Fantastic Four number 25. And the regular cover on Fantastic Four number 25 is pretty damn good. 
Yeah, Mark, Mark Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. yeah, Mark Brooks knocked that out of the ballpark. Yeah, that Alex Ross Black Bolt cover. I ain't too impressed by it. Didn't we vote Black Bolt out of the Marvel Universe <laughs> along with the rest of like, the Inhumans? What, what don't you like about that Black Bolt cover? It looks too plain. Well, a lot of these look plain. I mean, he's basically using the same. Yeah, but this pose. is this one looks way, way too plain. That's the exact same pose and lighting that's on Daredevil. Mm, not quite. It's just a close up of him. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of Black Bolt. What? I'm just not. The whole Inhumans fiasco made me dislike all the Inhumans even more. I don't know why they can't give Lockjaw to Ben Grimm and just everybody go on with life after that. Lockjaw was Crystal's dog. Wonderful job she's done taking care of him. (laughs) I don't even know where Crystal is now. Oh, but I know you like that art germ cover. Oh, the art germ cover is awesome. I mean, it's okay. What? (laughs) You guys. No, I like the art germ cover. I'm a, art I'm germ, a, one of the few art germ male cut figures. We are, of course, speaking of Dr. Doom. Yes. Why, why the heck does Fantastic Four have so many variant covers? It's issue 25. 25. Oh, my gosh. 25. Oh, yes. whopping 25. Dan Slott insisted on celebrating that he's managed to stay on this book for 25 issues. <laughs> oh, God. So mean. That Scotty Young one is, as usual, awesome. Well, uh, the recreation always. of the Fantastic Four number one with Giganto. Scotty Young's always great. He's always got a good humor to him and everything. But yeah, there are several variant covers. Bradshaw cover. Of course, the Alex Ross timeless cover. Uh, the main cover by Mark Brooks just knocks it out of the park. Yep. They should make a poster out of that one. I'm sure they will. Yeah, it doesn't take much for Marvel to make a poster out of their covers. Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. The new age of space is here. In the wake of Empire, which I couldn't possibly see that affecting anybody but plant life on Earth, the political map of the galaxy has been redrawn, which means it's time for a nice, peaceful, diplomatic conference. As the new ambassador for the Utopian Cree, Marvel Boy made a solemn promise to be on his best behavior. And then diplomats end up murdered one by one. Writer Al Ewing and illustrator Marcio Takara. I'm enjoying the book. It's been the most solid out of all of the Guardian of the Galaxy offerings in comic book format since Annihilation. Well, the last 10 years, it's been nothing but Bendis, hasn't it? Uh, No, it's jumped around. It's gone from creator to creator, but Ewing kind of has a feel for it. It's enjoyable. I'm liking it. Well, I'm digging that groovy Starenko-inspired cover. Yeah, but the other cover is a Fortnite cover, and I can't support that or this book anymore because of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're grasping for any excuse now. (laughs) Well, you were okay with all the characters getting zapped out of continuity and back into continuity from Fortnite. Was I? Yeah. This is the first I've heard you complain about Fortnite. I mean, you weren't favorable toward it in your description, but... Also coming out from Marvel Comics, you need to have a heads up on this because Hulu is about to start the Hellstrom television series. Hellstrom Prince of Lies trade paperback. And that should bring you in the loop if you're at all interested in watching Hellstrom on Hulu. It's not any good. It's a Hellstrom comic. What are you talking about? Warren Ellis did the rest of this Hellstrom comic. This one is actually by Lynn Kaminsky and illustrated by Michael Bear. So you just forgot that we're trying to advertise for him, right? <laughs> I was, oh, we're still doing that? Yeah, man. <laughs> Well, by God, I don't need to buy this. I am going to say this book, it was solicited and then it was pulled and then it was resolicited 
And I'm wondering if that's because maybe they changed the spelling to match the Hulu show. I think that's yeah. exactly. I think this is the old cover, but the new cover that'll come out will have one less L. Oh, one less of- L. Well, that may change in the Hulu thing. We'll have to wait and see, too. Iron Man number two, writer Christopher Cantwell, illustrator Cafu. That cover's pretty awesome. That's an Alex Ross cover. That is a sharp, sharp cover. That is a good poster, too. It's not the timeless cover. No, no, it's just a it's just a manga cover. cover. Yeah. Continuing Christopher Cantwell's new Iron Man run, Tony Stark continues to roughly dismantle the fancy, shiny, and sophisticated ways of his past. But the world doesn't seem quite convinced that he's changed his rich guy tune. Gee, I well, wonder why. Well, he, why is he changing? He's not trying to convince them he's not a rich guy. He's just trying to make a break. No, I think he's trying to convince them. But my God, why does this have four variants? Because it's on issue number two? Because it's a Marvel comic. (laughs) What else you need? You got the horror cover. You got the scan cover. But you don't have the Alex Ross timeless cover. But you got the Fortnite cover. That's because (laughs) Iron Man 1 had Alex Ross timeless cover. Yeah, that's right. It did. That slipped my mind. Juggernaut number two. Super log cover. What in the hell is a super log cover? I don't know. Uh, it's got an over-exaggerated drawing of Juggernaut. Oh, Superlog is the artist. Oh, he's the cover illustrator. I think. Juggernaut isn't the only one who's left destruction in his wake, and he thinks it's about time for the immortal Hulk to take responsibility for his actions. Oh, that'll be interesting. Writer Fabian... Nesieza in Spanish. Nesieza. Uh, Nesieza in English. Nesieza, okay. And illustrator Ron Garney. Cover illustrated by Superlog. At least one of the covers is. Because I know they're going to have a cover with Hulk on it, too. So it's Juggernaut versus the Immortal Hulk in this issue. Can't stop staring at those arms and torso. Well, that's just that guy's style. Yeah. Speaking of the Immortal Hulk, Maestro number three, written by Peter David, art by German Peralta, the Hulk meets the maestro, and it's not who you expect it to be. And when a band of rebels tries to recruit the Hulk to fight beside them, his answer sends shockwaves through dystopia. This world will never be the same, and neither will the Hulk. Maestro number three. I'm enjoying that, though. I like that. Hard yeah. to go wrong. Yeah, the yeah. first two issues were real good. I, I liked it. It's a prequel story to Future Imperfect. So, yeah, it's very enjoyable. And it's only got two covers. Marvel X number six comes out, and it's been an enjoyable series. I'm actually enjoying this series more than I did the history of X and everything that came out all those years ago. Writer Jim Kruger and cover by Will B. Yeah, I've enjoyed this book so far. It's been pretty good. Yeah, that's been pretty solid. And it's based on Alex Ross's Marvel X universe situation from, dear Lord, it's been 10 years ago, hasn't it? Over 10 years ago. Earth X is like 20 years ago. Earth X. 20 years ago. So this is a prequel to Earth-X, but it's an enjoyable prequel. Yeah. Also for Marvel Comics, we're going to recommend you pick it up due to the King in Black, the upcoming King in Black event, and the Null event. Silver Surfer Black trade paperback hits the stands. I'll, you can go back and listen to past podcasts. Albert and I raved about it. We loved this, it. This is a great book. Whether or not it had anything to do with Null. I mean, it does, but it's still a wonderful standalone Silver Surfer story, even if it wasn't tying into anything. Yeah, that's well worth your money, especially if you're a Venom fan. Want a little background info to what's going on in the Marvel King and Black event coming up. Spider-Woman number five. 
reverting to its legacy numeration. It's saying it's issue number 100. Ooh, that is a nice Alex Ross timeless cover. Yeah, apparently the black costume she wears is so terrible that Art German can't make it look good either. The black costume is just different colors than the red and gold one. I mean, it's still the same body form fitting costume. No, it's not. What do you mean? No, it's not. That's she's a different. Wearing, that's a different design. She's wearing red footies, but it's still the same bodysuit. Well, they all wear bodysuits. Yeah, I know. But everybody's outrage over Spider Woman was that costume, was the golden red costume, which is one of the best designed comic book costumes ever. You're not wrong. It really, really is. I don't care either. Either way, the art germ cover is cool, but my money's on the Spider Woman. Alex Ross timeless cover. I wonder what Greg Land traced to get his cover. Now, Albert, since he was called out on that, that's a pretty decent Greg Land cover. Did you see that article about the swipe file where they had Salvador LaRocca's Dr. Doom riding a bear? Turns out he's riding the cocaine bear. (laughs) (laughs) God. Explains so much. Sherlock Holmes used cocaine, too. (laughs) I don't care for that Spider-Woman by night, werewolf by night cover. That's the best one. The Momoko cover is pretty, and the Takeda cover is is pretty. But out of all of them, that Alex Ross one is the the cover to have, I think. Okay, we've got to move on, because just looking at all these Spider-Woman 100 covers is raising my blood pressure. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number six. Yeah, everybody knows I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and you have to work hard to mess something up for me, but they've managed to do it with this. I could care less about balance. If you have a in-continuity Star Wars book going on, and you're calling it Bounty Hunters, it damn well better have Boba Fett, Bosk, all of them. It, it better be the ones we know, not the cyborg that somebody thought would be a good idea and to revive from the original 1977 Marvel series, who I don't think at all really fits in with the Star Wars universe. I'm just not enjoying the Star Wars Bounty Hunter series at all. Writer Ethan Sachs. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Writer Ethan Sachs, illustrator Paulo Villanelli. I'm reading it because it's continuity, and I'm keeping up with all Star Wars continuity, but I do not like this series at all. It's only got three covers, an action figure cover, and then a shot of an Empire Strikes Back cover. Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, number 50.LR. What the hell does LR mean? Last Remains. I don't like these point comics. I did not like the 700.1, 700.2. I just don't like the point comics. And they're just out there to uh, force people that want every issue of Spider-Man to buy them. If you've got a different story to tell, tell it in a miniseries. Don't screw with Spider-Man's main storyline by jumping around. But anyway, The Amazing Spider-Man 50.LR comes out. 50.LR comes out. Also from Marvel Comics for the week of October 21st, 2020, Venom number 29. Of course, that's Donny Cates. I'm beginning to see Albert's point on these variant covers. Why oh, are there four variant covers for Venom 29? Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. Well, this is not new. This has been going on easily for about 10 years. Seriously, have, has there been yeah. four variant covers for a, a non-anniversary book? It depends on what week we're doing. Like this time, it's Werewolf by Night. 
month. And so well, everybody I mean, gets Halloween a werewolf thing, by night. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but none of these Venom covers are a werewolf by no, night. Cover. It's a, no, it's I'm saying cover. I'm just giving an example. Eddie Brock and his son Dylan are trapped in an unfamiliar world. But if there's one thing Eddie's good at, it's making friends, right? Writer Donnie Cates and illustrated by Luke Ross. And I think that's a good point for us to come back in next week and review Venom since the King and Black series is coming up and it's going to play a ma- major part in it. And Donnie Cates is a hell of a writer anyway. And then finally, we get to Werewolf by Night number one. They could not have picked the worst logo for this book. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not I great. Don't, I don't like bad logos on my comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the writers on it are Taboo and Benjamin. Dorf. <laughs> no, not Jack and Dorf. Jack and Dolph. Jack and Dolph. <laughs> I Come swear on. to God, they are doing this on purpose. Illustrator Scott Eaton. Yes, oh, again, really? the writers on Werewolf by Night number one are Taboo and Benjamin Jack and Dolph. The jokes just write themselves. Well, Taboo's from Black Eyed Peas. Wait a minute. Is the food product Heinz? Oh my gosh. No, they're a musical Even act. I know who Black Eyed Peas is. Scott Eaton is back at Marvel? That's awesome. Scott Eaton's. Yeah. Very nice artist. Yeah, Scott Eaton's pretty good. There's three variant covers on this book. It was like coming upon an oasis to see that Mike Plug hidden gem cover with the original Werewolf by Night. Yeah. This miniseries is not Jack Russell. It's no, it's, it's a new some... Werewolf by Night who's yeah. prowling the Southwest. But all is not as it seems, really, because it kind of looks like a werewolf prowling the Southwest. A young man, a family curse, and an unholy experiment prove a dangerous combination for a small town in Arizona. All young Jake wants is to protect his people. But who will protect him from the monster within? Taboo of the Black Eyed Peas. It doesn't give the brand of Black Eyed Peas that cans them or whatever. And Benjamin Jackendoff team up with Scott Eaton to tell an epic tale of righteous fury and incredible transformation in the mighty Marvel manner that is not to be missed and will be completely forgotten by this time next year. How now? Or this time next week. Yeah, tell me that it's not going to be. Nothing, nothing is drawing me. I mean, we'll read it. We'll review it. We'll, you know, we're going to go in there and support it and do our bit. But I am just not excited about that. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. And now the only comic book that matters, X-Men number 13. Remember, you were calling the Alex Ross Black Bolt cover boring, my friend. This Alex Ross timeless cover has Captain Boring on it. Cyclops no, no, this, this, is the, this is the best one from this week because I like how Alex Ross puts a seam in Cyclops' mask. <laughs> I always liked how he'd put a seam in his mask. That's a good design right there. <laughs> well, you know, this one, it's okay if the, if the pose is boring because, you know, it's Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, Cyclops is the poster child for Boring. That's still the best cover he's did this week so far. He's got his arms crossed because he's insecure and he's protecting himself. Hey, did you notice that the sketch variant has him standing behind Phoenix? That's apropos also. Yeah, everybody else's sketch variant has him in the forefront, but Cyclops. (laughs) Just to remind you who the real power here is. X-Men number 13, written by Jonathan Hickman, illustrated by Mahmoud Azra, Ten of Swords, part 10, and not much of a blurb, just lessons longing. What has begun cannot be undone. 
It's and probably got apocalypse rambling about a bunch of nonsense again. I'll take the apocalypse nonsense over that's, most any other comic any day, so long as Hickman's writing it. That's pretentious nonsense to you, yes. Albert. That's <laughs> no, no. Neil Gaiman didn't write this book. <laughs> and then you've got a X Monsters horror cover, an Ezra cover, and Casada Fortnite cover to it, in addition to the Alex Ross cover. And that rounds out the Marvel comics, and that brings us to. Dynamite Entertainment, which is claiming that it has 58 issues coming out. It actually only has like three issues. <laughs> the other 55 are variants. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm just like looking at all of these Betty Page variants. Yeah, Betty Page number three. Betty Page variants sell. Well, I'm sure they do. They must because and then look at all these Mars Attacks Red Sonia variants. Well, we'll get there. We're talking about I mean, about no one's Betty. buying this book to read it. No. <laughs> Speaking of which, the writer on it is Carla Pacheco, and the illustrator is Vincenzo Federici. I like the standard cover on it. Standard cover? Which one is the standard cover? <laughs> the first the first one, but Yoon, the Yoon cover, in the face, it does not look like Betty Page. I am sure everybody is looking at Betty Page's face in that cover. <laughs> Well, they don't need to do a cosplay cover and put some poor woman out there pretending to be Betty Page because nobody's Betty Page but Betty Page, and that just doesn't work for me. They got a black bag variant. Of course, they always have the black bag variant. God, I just cannot believe all these Betty Page covers. These variant covers from Dynamite. Does it have a story to it? Wait a minute. (laughs) I think that's the same woman that's writing Spider-Woman, so... Who knows? But yeah, so Betty Page is out there with God knows how many variants, if y'all are interested. How, okay, what books is Dynamite actually putting out? Moving on from Betty Page, you've also got Mars Attacks, Red Sonya, issue number three. It's exactly what you think it is. They've got a Star Wars ripoff cover for the main cover. I like that Star Wars ripoff cover. Well, so far as ripoff covers go. Writer John Lehman and drawn by Fran Strucken. Martian conqueror Zizir has his eyes on a bride and has set his sights on Red Sonya. There you go. That should tell you everything in the world you need to know. And then you've got God knows how many variants on that as well. Red Sonya number 20 has a few variants coming out. Sacred Six number three has a few extra variants coming out that are running late. We know that for a fact. And then you've got Vengeance of Vampirella number 11. And so that rounds out our friends from Dynamite. DC Comics. Absolute Swamp Thing by Alan Moore. Volume 2 is being released. For those of you listening, you want solid storytelling. You want cutting-edge comics. Alan Moore's Swamp Thing is it. So pick up Volume 1 and Volume 2. Highly recommend it. Sure. I know you're mad at Alan Moore this week, but... (laughs) I am. I'm still a huge fan of his good stuff. Well, yeah, that's it. Hey, look, whatever he runs his mouth and says, that doesn't affect. He, it's not like he's out there trying to destroy innocent artists' careers. Oh, Tom King. It's a mixture of him and his fans. Yeah. Because of the Watchmen deal, he has a lot of fans that think he's a bigger victim than uh, Bill Finger. Tune into last week's main podcast because we cover that. We go over that a little bit. The Alan Moore situation. Also coming out from DC Comics for the week of October 21st, 2020, Aquaman number 64. Writer Kelly Sue DeConnick, drawn by Robson Roca and Miguel Mendonca. Mendonca. Yeah, I'm going with that. Mendonca. 
Wedding bells, more like wedding hells, has Mira's uh, (laughs) has Mira (laughs) Mira better watch where she puts her nuptials. (laughs) 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 Mira got her nuptials all over Johnny Depp, and now she's not coming back for Aquaman (laughs) 2. Oh, Lord. I'm going to try this again. (laughs) Wedding bells, more like wedding hells, as Mira's nuptials ignite a war across the seven kingdoms. Arthur, Orm, the Trench, Zebel, and more made-up people battle not just for the crown, but for the future of Atlantis and beyond. Stuffed to the gills with characters in action. Really say stuff to the gills. I know how we're introducing you next week. Uh, <laughs> this all-out undersea brawl will leave readers gasping for air. It does say stuff to the gills. <laughs> no, so wrong. Yeah, Deconic's coming in on the end of her run. I think sixty-five is it for her. That sounds right. Yeah. All right. Look, I don't care. That Aquaman needs to put his shirt back on. That's just wrong. Why do you need a shirt? Because why why are you body shaming Arthur Curry when Namor is just running around with it all hanging out constantly? No, isn't that's the point? That is my point. We can't get Namor in his regular costume, but meanwhile, Aquaman is running around without a shirt. Well, Namor in his original costume is Namor running around naked. <laughs> so. I'm not. I, I'm not complaining about that, but I don't understand why we can't get the speedo back. Batman number 101, post Joker War. Oh, look, it's Grifter. I don't care anymore. I t- is Grifter he in the book? Because oh, Grifter's sh- in the comic. Is he really? Yeah, he's in the comic. Well, I'm going to trust James Tinian for T4 on this. So, A new day dawns on Gotham, and the horrors of the Joker War are just being realized. A bold new direction for Batman begins as Bruce Wayne's circumstances are forever changed. How did the Joker's rampage affect the citizens of the city? And why does Cole Cash, a.k.a. Grifter, now work for Lucius Fox? I don't like it when they intermingle these. Wildstorm is just not a good match for the DC Universe. They've been in continuity since New 52. I'm well aware of that. I'm just saying they're not a good match for it. They need their own little playground to go on. I don't think Squadron Supreme is a good match for Marvel 616 either. Well, they don't seem to be able to hold their own in their own little universe. They were doing fine there for a while, but then the talent left. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's that's the problem. Also, Batman, White Knight Presents, Harley Quinn, number one. This is done by, uh, th- this is not written by Sean Murphy. Let me say that up front. It's written by Katana Collins and illustrated by Katana Collins, but it's set in the Sean Murphy Batman White Knight reality. So I'm giving it a shot. I think yeah, I'll read it. I'll give it a shot, too. Yep, 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 yep. The Batman White Knight stuff has been very good. I have no reason to suspect that this is going to be anything but good. It looks looks like it'll be entertaining. Catwoman number 26 from DC Comics, written by, is it, it's Ram V because he's got a period after his name. It's not Ram 5. Somebody wrote in saying, it's Ram 5. That's a Roman numeral. But I'm, I'm sitting here looking at different things, and he's got a period after V, which means... They, they put periods not, after Roman numerals. That's not a Roman numeral. That's Ram V. Okay, you say so. When did they put 
periods after Roman numerals at the end of a sentence. Well, I mean, if they were numerating something, sure. <laughs> and illustrator Fernando Blanco on Catwoman number 26. In the aftermath of the Joker War, boy, I'm not going to get tired saying that, am I? Selena Kyle has taken up residence in Alleytown. There is now an Alleytown. Okay. But when she finds out that her old stomping grounds have been taken over by drug-running mobsters, she hatches a plan to take the town back. Hey, and it looks like she's got armpit coverings on that cover. Okay, well... Oh, never mind. I just saw the variant cover. She definitely does not have armpit covering. And she's got way too many Siamese cats. That is what we call them, right? Siamese cats? What uh, else would you call them? Let me see. Are they Siamese cats? Well, yeah, yes. they're Siamese yes, cats. Those are I know Siamese that. cats. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to say that and somebody say, stop being politically incorrect. It's too late now. <laughs> no, it's not. I have a. I can hit two buttons and edit that no, right no, out. This is, a, this is all recorded live over Studio yeah. Audience. Yeah. <laughs> It, the variant is the Jenny Friesen. Are they are they actually going to name him something else other than Siamese cats? Well, that's what I'm saying because everybody was ticked off about the Siamese cats and Lady and the Tramp, and so when they made the live action Lady and the Tramp, we couldn't have them do their little song. Really, a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah, really. Me? These weak ass Disney remakes. Lady and the Tramp was a guy. They're not weak ass Disney remakes. They're very good. But yeah, I'm calling them Siamese cats because that's. What I was told they were. <laughs> I mean, you can call them Thailand cats. That's where they're from. Thailand, Thailand cats. No, it's not Thailand. It's Burma. Isn't it Burma? Burma cats. <laughs> no, they're from Thailand. All right. So the reformed hooker turned cat thief is sitting with a whole bunch of cats on her lap on that cover. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling y'all they're from Thailand. Look it up. <laughs> yes, it is Thailand. Told you. Dark Knight's Death. <laughs> Dark Knight's Death Metal. Now? That's Burma is uh, Myanmar, isn't it? I don't know. What's Burma? <laughs> so ain't, that, ain't that like where Rambo 4 yes. took place? Where is Siam? Siam is Thailand. Yeah, Burma they're Siamese now, cats. There Burma is now Myanmar. There we go. They're Siamese cats. And okay, the Heart Knights Death Metal Robin King number one. Wow, that sounds horrible. Next, yeah, it looks horrible too, but it's written by Peter J. Tomasi oh, and Tony Patrick, drawn by Daniel Sampier. And that's pretty self explanatory if you've been following death metal. And I pray to God that you've been saving your money and not following death metal. Robin King gets his own one shot, the edgiest of the edgy. Bruce Wayne goes the opposite way and has his parents killed, and he's a psychotic little Robin kid. And uh, I don't know why this... Eh. JSA comes out with book four by Jeff Johns. Get those while you can. I've got a sneaking suspicion that in a couple of years, you're not going to be able to easily access or walk into a shop and buy anything from D.C. with Jeff Johns' name on it. Nah, they'll still be there. Well, I'm hoping so long as they make money off of it. But JSA is a solid, solid run. Some of his best stuff ever. And also Fables Compendium 1. I loved Fables up until we got done with the main storyline, and then it just kind of seemed to drift. Got a hardcover and a trade paperback coming out from DC you want to look into. Yeah, I think, yeah, once they did the, I don't want to spoil who it is, but what would they call them before that? The adversary or? 
Yeah, the adversary. Is that what they called him before we found out who it actually was? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yeah, once they finished that up, I mean, it was was still good, and I read the whole thing, but that was so much of the book, it just sort of... Yeah, and then they tried to have an equally bad individual by bringing a Dracula-esque character in, and it just did not have the same intensity. No. But I mean, hell, they carried it over for 75 issues. Justice League, number 55, writer Joshua Williamson, drawn by Daniel Henrique and Robson Roca. They just won't give it a merciful death. They're just going to drown it. It's a death metal crossover. And you know it's edgy because Starfire has a mohawk. Is Simon Bianchi now exclusive to DC? It, it's his, I guess his Marvel contract has ended. I guess. I don't, he does such little work. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know why sometimes they don't do such little work is because that's Marvel dragging out their contract. Yeah. Man, that is not a good cover. What happened to him? That could be any number of things. That could also, as Albert pointed out, that could be an older. No, no, it's not. No, because this was a story. It's it's, it's the way the characters look in the book. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because Starfire has a mohawk. Whoever colored that did not do a good job. And that does not do justice to Simon and Bianchi's art. Also, those character designs aren't good. Well, maybe that's it. But that's just not typical, awesome Simon Bianchi art. Metal Men, number 11. I think we've only got one more issue of this written by Dan Didio. I think Shane Davis is the artist on it. Yeah, that's about to wind down, too. I think they kind of had to change up that storyline, especially once they dismissed Didio from Editor-in-Chief. It does have a Garcia Lopez cover. Nightwing, number 75. He's back! In a storyline that never should have existed, Nightwing has finally regained his memory. In the wake of the Joker War... God. Nightwing is back, but is he back for good? And does he remember B? With the help of Batman, Batgirl, his Teen Titan pals, and even Alfred, who's dead but making an appearance in this comic, Nightwing must decide for himself which path to take. Writer Dan Jurgens and drawn by Ronan Cliquet. What can we say about Nightwing that... <laughs> what can we say, Albert? They somehow made it to 75 issues. Somehow made it to 75 issues. Everybody, let's hear it for Nightwing. With only two variant covers. No, two covers. One variant cover. Yeah. Well, no, technically, cover A, once you have a cover B, cover A is also technically a variant. Just thought I'd throw that out there to confuse matters. Thank thank you. Oh, thank God. Finally, a a title that makes sense. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Number 106. Writer Sholly Fish, art by Randy Elliott. Usually, when an artist is readying an exhibit for the public, the biggest fear is a critic's review. That would still be the case if a ghostly visitor hadn't begun to haunt the Museum of Holographic Art's newest exhibit. Can Scooby and the gang use their renowned sleuthing skills to see through the ghost's plan before the museum is forced to shut down for good? <laughs> <laughs> My friends, that is good, solid comic book storytelling right there. You say what you want, but nobody screws around with the Scooby-Doo title because it's probably one of their only shelf copies that makes money. (laughs) 106 issues. 106 issues. And all of it, the same story. (laughs) Just, they change up the characters, the bad guys. Teen Titans, number 46. Writer Robbie Thompson, drawn by Eduardo Pansica. 
With Damian Wayne renouncing his role as Robin and leaving the Teen Titans behind, John Kent returns from the future in the Legion of Superheroes because Bendis did not renegotiate his contract with DC and also to ask the remaining Titans some tough questions about his best friend. And when Superboy asks questions, he demands answers. I'm just kidding. We don't know where Bendis' contract with DC is. Don't get me excited. All I know is that the rumors is that you've got a 60-40 shot that Bendis is going back to Marvel and writing a Namor-exclusive series. You just can't help popping my bubble, can you? Can you? He's going to get that artist that draws Namor to look like Bendis. Alex Alex Believe. Did you see where Alex Believe actually went back and apologized to all the Namor fans because he was like, when I drew this, I didn't really understand why fans were upset, but now I do. (laughs) (laughs) And after he apologized, did you give him his child back? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Minus the pinky finger you sent him as proof. Yeah. (laughs) I have to forgive Malib a lot because he did do some amazing Dr. Doom art for uh, the infamous Iron Man. Yeah, Malib is why Albert was banned from Newsarama. (laughs) Well, I never got banned for that completely. (laughs) (laughs) Newsarama for about 15 minutes. How many years ago? 10 years ago? No, it was was before I started working at Kingdom. Oh, God. Okay, so... Back so about ages. 14, 15 years ago, Newsarama tried an article out where it was going to be the artists come on and show you how to draw. They started off with Malieve, and Malieve was illustrating how he did a Daredevil cover, which was basically just a close-up of the owl, the villain, the owl's face. So he goes through all these steps showing his process of his drawing the owl's face. The first response in that Newsarama article, was our good friend, Albert Marsh, who said, look, I'm a professional Marvel comic artist, too, <laughs> and showed a blank <laughs> showed a blank page, a shadow box, <laughs> and then a completely finished picture of the owl. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> and then they banned him. <laughs> Malieve was acting like he was doing way more work on that cover than what he did. Like He wasn't fooling nobody. <laughs> well, he certainly wasn't fooling you, sir. <laughs> when he probably didn't even use a light box, he probably just ran it through Photoshop. What I thought was hysterical is I practically watched all that happen in real time sitting in the office. <laughs> Boom Studios. I'm going to say it, and it's going to put everybody to sleep. So here we go. Boom Studios, Dune, House of Atreides, issue number one. Why would that right. put anybody to sleep? I can because almost, it's Dune. I can almost hear them turning off the podcast now. <laughs> They're all thinking, oh, no, we're not going through this name shit again. <laughs> So real quick, we're going to get we're going to rip this bandaid off real quick. Dune, House of Trades, number one, writers Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert and illustrator Dev Prabanik. And it's Dune. <laughs> OK, it's Dune. It's Dune. It's Dune. They're adapting Dune in comic book format. No, this no. is not an adaptation. This is a lead up to the book. This it's is a prequel. A prequel. <laughs> is it a bear? All right, you're explaining (laughs) it to exactly one person that cares out there. 
<laughs> I no, I'm just I'm, I'm not just, counting I'm, you. I'm being fair, Sandra. There's I'm, I'm just pulling your leg. It is, of course it's Herbert. <laughs> also from Boom Studios, Faithless Two Number Five. Writer Brian Azzarello, artist Maria Lovett. This is intended for mature audiences. And the blurb reads, if you're going through hell, keep going. Is that instructions for 2020 or is that God, telling yes. us about that book? <laughs> I think it's got a porn cover, too. I'm sure it does. Oh, yeah, this is I remember this. This is the one that you and I can't get couldn't get through. OK, yeah, it does. It has our erotica connecting cover. Ooh, it isn't a connecting cover in and of itself a form of erotica? What? <laughs> Mine. Moving right along. Back into safe territory with yes. Firefly. <laughs> Firefly number 21. Y'all waiting fancy to let Firefly and Trinity go. No. It was one season. It was an okay season, but really, everybody needs to get over it and move on. You know what's happened is the Stargate fans realized they were never going to get any traction off Stargate, so they all adapted Firefly as their new sinking ship. <laughs> Stargate was far more successful than Firefly. Yeah, they had multiple seasons. Oh, God. And, and television shows. Yeah, those 25 fans really hung in there. <laughs> Writer Greg, <laughs> writer Greg Pack, and drawn by Dan McDade. And Jason Momoa. What do you mean, Jason? Oh, you mean Stargate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget MacGyver. I like the one with Kurt Russell in it. <laughs> I watched that the other day. It was on TV while I was channel flipping. And that thing still holds up. Yes, well, I, was it does. Say, I was about to say it probably aged poorly. I don't know. No, no, no. no it, it's it, solid. It, 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 yeah. The special effects they utilized in it, when you come right down to it, everything was practical except for like four or five scenes. It holds up very nicely. The acting in it, the storyline, everything. I just hate the TV series. I think the only quote unquote digital thing was the helmets. Yeah, and the um, that still holds up. I mean, they're still doing that. I mean, in Black Panther and stuff. No, it held up really good. The only quote unquote dated thing I found was I was getting like an 80s, 90s Goonies vibe off those kids that were helping them with the revolution. But other than that, well, it was cute and we didn't spend too much time on them. Right. And it also connected back to Kurt Russell's character having lost his son. Yes. So that was a nice emotional. Yeah, I mean it. it yeah. yeah, right. It was satisfying. It was a good it, movie. Yeah, and the only other thing I thought was James Spader with a full head of hair. Yeah, that seems odd now, but mm -hmm. James Spader for many years had a full. Head of hair. Yes. Yeah, and he was very handsome too, in a pretty boy way. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number fifty-five from Boom Studios. Writer Ryan Parrott, drawn by Moises Hidalgo. Power Rangers. They touch their rings together, and one says, form of an ice bucket, and the other it's one says, rings. form of... Oh, what? It's like medallions. Oh, they're medallions that they touch together and, and form they an don't ice have bucket. To they don't have to touch them together. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question. Is like the Blue Power Ranger, did the Blue Power Ranger hook up with the Yellow Power Ranger, and they make the Green Power Ranger? No. no, the blue the blue Power Ranger was, was a gay man. Was he really? The actor was, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, the I actor was. Said. As far as the way these comic books are set up, if those characters are actually the characters in the costume still or not. I was making a prism 
color yes. joke. You were making a color mixing primary colored uh, joke. It w- it wasn't a very good joke. <laughs> Not many of my jokes are very good. Although we've gotten positive feedback from the Transformers Adolf Hitler crossover <laughs> proposal. <laughs> Turns out there's a lot of people out there that buy that. (laughs) Transformers transform and sig hail. Boom Studios, something is killing the children number 11. Yet we still got a whole lot of Zoomers running around. That's written by T4, James Tinney and the Fourth. This is a pretty solid book. We'll review this again next week. Okay, I'll try to get caught up on it. I mean, the title is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Also from Boom Studios, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, number 12, written by Matthew Ehrman, art by Joe Myung. Y'all heard Netflix canceled The Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that briefly. Have anybody heard rumors why? I've heard a couple of different. Just too damn expensive. And well, not enough people watched it. When I heard that they had canceled it last week, I thought, I just assumed it was too damn expensive. Well, But the, then the, these rumors are coming out that the Hensons got in an argument with Netflix. Okay, that could have been it too. Well, I saw the the season, and, I, and the show and the movie itself are very impressive yeah. as far as the, the amount of effort and work that puts it in that. Oh, my God. But, it, it's, but to artistically, me, it's off the scales. For my personal taste, it's just way too dry. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Artistically, it's out of this world. It is. Like it's my, very, very impressive as far as the amount of work and effort and thought that's yeah. put into it. My God, it, it, it's extraordinary. But it's it's very boring. <laughs> Dry is a good word. Sandra, no comments on the elven folk? Those aren't really elven folk for me, but... Namor has pointy ears and wings on his feet. <laughs> well, I have, I have described him as a sea elf. I mean... I, I, I lean more toward the Lee Pace Randall elf than the Dark Crystal elves. I mean, let's face it. He's a pair of candy cane colored spanks away from being one of Santa's little helpers. He's a Vulcan. <laughs> Oh my God! You two are no. Absolutely he's not an not. elf. He's a Vulcan. He's not a Vulcan. Well, he's not he, an elf he, because he, he doesn't live in a tree. Elves don't live in trees. Not all elves live in trees. What if he's a different breed of Keebler elf, and he's making the little goldfish crackers? <laughs> what if I reach through this uh, <laughs> skyline and smack you with this fly swatter? <laughs> <laughs> Send in your Namor theories to Kingdom Casts. Why, why do you have a flash water? I have to get the dog's attentions every once in a while. <laughs> Image Comics for the week of October 21st, 2020. Big Girls number three. If you hadn't listened to the podcast, go back and listen to it and know why you should skip this book. Yeah, I've had enough of this fetish comic. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's written and drawn by Jason Howard. Issue number three comes out. Save your money. Black Magic, number 15, written by Greg Rucka and Nicola Scott on art. Descent among the forces of hell and a revolt within the Order of Witch Hunters deepen the peril surrounding Rowan Black and the people she loves. Wildcard assassins and renegade demons enter the field and a centuries-old conflict threatens to become a free-for-all melee. Albert, didn't everybody go batshit insane over issue number one of this because it was supposed to be a Netflix series? What, magic? I don't remember. It seems like we had a lot of vulture activity around that book for issue number one. Probably. Yeah, because it was supposed to be 
a series. I have not seen that series come to fruition. And if it has, that <laughs> we know how what level of success that series has hit. Family Tree, number nine, by Jeff Lemire, art by Phil Hester. New story arc, so a perfect jumping on point for Family Tree in issue number nine. Everything changes for the Hayes family as the tree plague envelops the world. Meanwhile, in the future, <laughs> Josh fights for his life and uncovers an arborist plot. Arborist plot? Well, the thing is called Family Tree. We've made it nine <laughs> issues, so somebody's reading it. At least we think so. Yeah. <laughs> Gideon Falls, number 26, writer Jeff Lemire, art by Dave Stewart, end of the story arc, so number 27 will be a good jumping on point. As the Gideon Falls multiverse is beset by an even greater peril, <laughs> a lot of peril going around in Image Comics this week, Molly and Fred meet a familiar face with a malevolent new expression, Gideon Falls. What was that Disney series, Something Falls? Yeah, I, can't, I don't remember, but it's good. Are, are this they, ain't it. So. <laughs> are they connected somehow? Are they? <laughs> no, they're not connected. <laughs> Continuing Image Comics for October 21st, 2020, Nomen Omen number 10 comes out. And I'm going to come right out and say it. I'm surprised we've gotten to an issue number 10. Have you read this? The first two. First two or three. Well, they weren't any good. Uh, we didn't care for him, but I'll look back over it and see if we need to talk about it. Writer Marco B. Bucci, Jacopo Camagni, artist. The second act in Marco Bibucci's urban fantasy tale reaches its shocking finale. The traitor's conspiracy will hit King Terranus, where it hurts the most. But not everything goes according to plan, and that's putting it lightly. Trust us. Terranus. Hmm. Okay. That Marco Cicchetto cover. Well, the covers are pretty. Yeah. I need, I need him on a namer book ASAP. We've already been over this. Namor is making those little fish crackers. He's busy. He can't be bothered. He's Rat the new spokesman for Charlie Tuna. <laughs> Rat Queens, number 22. Writer Ryan Fiera. That's a devastatingly cool cover, but I, I just never got into Rat Queens. I tried to. It just what I mean, it was a good book. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, it's generally solid. It's got its own following. This is a whole new creative team. It? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, because the old creative team had some issues. Back in the day. Back in the day. Savage Dragon, number 253. Say what you want about Eric Larson, but by God, he's kept Savage Dragon going this long. Issue, if you figure out who Savage Dragon is going to vote for. Oh, is that it? Well, look at that cover. I think that's a variant cover. Yeah, but it still counts. Okay. Savage Dragon, 253. If you're not at all familiar with Savage Dragon, go ahead and get out the previous 252 issues and catch up. We'll wait on you. <laughs> I also recommend you going to Eric Larson's website, unless he's taken it down, and watch John Byrne dress him down. <laughs> Scumbag, number one. Well, that sounds like my kind of comic. Rick Remender is the writer, and it's drawn by Marina... <laughs> Denisio, the fate of the world rests in the hands of the worst person on it. <laughs> I thought we were now, in that situation currently. Now, <laughs> yeah, really, just an alert on this one. This is allegedly the biggest number one launch at Image for Rick Remender. I think it, the orders were at 70,000. That's good. Don't yeah. ask me why. I guess if you like Rick Remender, 
maybe this is your cup of tea. But also, no. there's a lot of variants for this to be an image book. Yeah, the image is getting into the variant game here. There's a, a one in one hundred cover. We, well, I'm sold. We also have Stillwater Two is also coming out. Yes, Stillwater Two is also coming out, and it's mixed in here with all the scumbag variants. Scumbag also has a Star Wars ripoff cover. <laughs> Stillwater, written by Chip Zdarsky, drawn by Mike Spicer. Daniel West has returned to Stillwater, but his homecoming is anything but happy. What secret is the town hiding from the outside world? And can Daniel save his mother from meeting her fate within the park? Find out in Skybound's newest horror sensation. I liked issue number one. I don't think y'all did. No, I didn't care for one too much. It didn't make me go screaming in the streets. But did that... Did he get a new illustrator? Because I thought Perez was doing the art. Perez is doing the cover. And now they've got this Mike Spicer doing the interiors? We'll have to, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It's got Chip Zdarsky, Ramon K. Perez, and Mike Spicer at the top of the book. So maybe Spicer is just doing the inks or what have you. No, Spicer was issue one artist as well. Okay. Was yeah, okay. If, Perez if, is if the couple. Up, uh, if you pull up, pull up a listing for Stillwater Wood, it sells the illustrator of Mike Spicer. I think maybe he's the inker or the colorist, and could Perez be, is be. the. I think Perez is still. I think this the site is wrong. I think Perez is the artist. Because if you go to image sites, it's Zadarsky and Perez. And that finishes off image comics and we move on to i don't know why we're covering action lab but i've already said the name so we're going to cover it no again we don't have to cover it no yeah, action no. lab is a bunch of half-naked yeah, women. we don't even have to say that just skip over it on covers but i i feel it's important that i inform the public no it's not no. such outstanding titles like, like zombie tramp we've been doing this for like three hours <laughs> <laughs> yes we have Dark Horse, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, Song of Glory, number one from Dark Horse Comics. And that's pretty much self-explanatory. Assassin's Creed's comic book run continues with Valhalla being the next chapter in it. Hidden Society, number four, also from Dark Horse Comics, written by Raphael Scavone and art by Raphael Albuquerque. In a climatic battle atop a volcano, the Reformed Hidden Society struggles to prevent the coming of the primeval fire god. And that's Hidden Society number four. We're going to get through these really quick because we've messed around here a bit. Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy number five from Dark Horse Comics. That's Jeff, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, Go Jeff ahead. Lemire. Yeah, that's Jeff Lemire. Also from Dark Horse Comics, Stranger Things Halloween Special. You Look Like Death, Tales from the Umbrella Academy number two. We like number one, and so number two is probably going to be a, a no-brainer. And that rounds out Dark Horse Comics for the week of October 21st, 2020. And we now move on to IDW Publishing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 110 from IDW Publishing. Albert, how long has it been since you read a turtle book? Batman and the Turtles? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Writer Sophie Campbell. Illustrator Jody Nashima, Raphael, and Alapex come face-to-face with a new group of mutant bikers intent on doing things their own way. Will the Roadhogs be friends or foes? I'm going to say foes. Rick and Morty go to hell number five. Well, Rick and, yeah. So for those four or five Rick and Morty fans still left out there, there's a comic book series if you're interested. Archie Comics for the week of October 21st, 2020. Archie and Katie Keene, number one. And then Madam Satan from Archie Comics, number one as well. 
The Madam Satan could be good. I don't know. And we're going to round that out this week. These are your comic books. They're coming out October 21st, 2020. Reminder, we're not responsible for any printing delays or problems that come up in between now and whether or not the comic books actually hit the shelf that week. Hope you enjoyed it and tune in to our regular podcast later on this week. We'll post it on either Thursday or Friday. Thank you again. Let us know what you think. Any thoughts, please feel free to share them. KingdomCasts, that's KingdomCasts at gmail.com or KingdomComics at gmail.com. Holler at us, let us know. I'm Stan Daniel for Sandra Swindle and Albert Marsh. Thank you for joining us for the Pullist episode of KingdomCasts podcast. Mm-hmm.